Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football and for the first time about the college football playoff. We have we have decided that it is acceptable and we will incorporate it into the show for the first time all year. I'm joined, as usual, by Ryan Donnelly. Ryan, it was a, I would say, very good weekend for the brand. I think that it was an extremely good weekend here at Flipping the Field. And we're going to talk about all of it, starting with conference championship games and then the playoff and then some coaching news. But before we do... Um, how's it going? How you doing? You know, I'm living the dream, man. Uh, I am sincerely hungover. Uh, <laughs> uh, I spent the entire night at the bar last night trying to avoid watching the Michigan game. Yeah. Um, just, you know, the good stuff we usually do. Boy, we're, we're going to talk about that, that Michigan game, but, um, c- kind of, no, no, we're not. We are. I am. <laughs> you can, you can, you can turn off the call and, 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 you know, do the la 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 sound with your fingers and your ears, but I'll do it. Uh-huh. Um, kind of a not very good day slash weekend of games. Like there were a couple fun results. Um, and I think interesting finishes, but a lot of not very good football games, I would say. I, I mean, majority, what, majority there blowouts. There were, like, two. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, and one of the two close ones on Saturday also, like, sucked. It was a bad football game. So I, I think that it wasn't a bad weekend for results, I would say. It was just that the process was not necessarily spectacular, which seems to be just the case with these games in, in general. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's why, like, people are I – don't, I don't really get the whole um, – you know, people who are like, uh, oh, you know, if we have a 12-team playoff, like, there's no way we can do a 12-game season and the conference title games and a 12-team playoff. And it's like, okay, we'll just get rid of the conference title games. They're yeah. really bad. Yeah, they, they're consistently not very good. I mean, granted, the college football playoff right. semifinals have also <laughs> consistently not been very good. It, it seems like the sport is not really, doesn't really lend itself well to these, like, top-tier matchups because they usually don't live up to the hype just for whatever reason. But I think that it's, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't seem like it would be really losing a whole lot if we just didn't didn't do these and named conference champions based on the actual conference season but that's just you know well i I am nothing if not a guy who doesn't think about the profit that comes from these games so i I suppose that's Mm going to be difficult to overcome all right we won't waste any more time here we're going to jump in friday night utsa wins a shootout holds off uh kind of a late push from western kentucky 15 fourth quarter points this was fun. This was really good. This is one of the few games of the weekend that I really sort of enjoyed watching all the way through. Um, Bailey Zappi throws for 577 yards in a losing effort. UTSA finally, finally, finally gets the rushing game going. I, I don't know how many how so many defenses managed to bottle up Sincere McCormick all season, but they Western Kentucky didn't do it here. The defense kind of returned to the form that it had shown at the beginning of the season, and UTSA is able to finished the year 12 and 1 um and set up I believe it's with San Diego State. Yeah, San Diego State and the Frisco Bowl, which I think kicks ass. We're going to talk about bowls in a little bit as well, but um great, really good season for Jeff Trailer. I mean, we we've talked about UTSA ad nauseum at this point and they they did what they do. I'm honestly I came into the game kind of thinking that Western Kentucky was going to win because they had been playing better. I, I still think that Western Kentucky. And I do was really, believe you said that on the podcast. I think by the way, I think too. I do. I I think I did. I said it on the newsletter too. Um, I still think Western Kentucky was really good in the back half of the season, but UTSA showed me something that they had not shown really since the early part of the season, in that they put together a complete offensive performance, and that was really good to see. Good for good for them. Hmm. And they also had Jesus. I didn't even realize this. They had forty one thousand people there. That's really good. 
for for UTSA, that's damn good. I'm sure they just packed the place out, right? It was yeah. just like all UTSA fans. I can't imagine Western Kentucky was sending a uh, a big contingent. No, probably not. Give especially given that it was in the Alamo Dome, I would I would assume that there were not a ton of Western Kentucky fans there. But who knows? Maybe maybe uh, maybe the Helton clan travels deep. I, I who's to say? Um, also, just on this game, real quick, it is ridiculous. I'm not the only one to say this. It is ridiculous that Jareth Stearns is not a like a Belenikov finalist. This kid is so good. This kid is so so good. Mm-hmm. It just like. Maybe look. He he's listed five nine. He's maybe five seven, and just uh, he's open every single play. And I know that he plays in an offense that is beneficial for for wide receivers. But that kid is so good, and I uh, I've enjoyed watching him and and Bailey Zappi play this season. And I, it's uh it's been an interesting year for Western Kentucky, but of course, really good win for UTSA. Really impressive season from Jeff Trailer, who is staying put, which is awesome. That's that's very good news. We like to see that. That's right. For one year, probably, but still. Uh. (laughs) The good news is that every job in Texas opened up this offseason, so unless, uh, I mean, I guess Sark might get fired, but unless something disastrous happens, there's probably not going to be big jobs in Texas next year, so maybe we'll be able to hold on. Well, I mean, Dave Aranda could, like, get hired away from Baylor. It seems like he's not going to. It It seems like he's kind of sticking put at Baylor, which is interesting. Maybe he's just that kind of guy who wants to stay around despite interest elsewhere because I, I think that if he wanted to jump he probably would have jumped at USC and I don't know maybe he takes Oregon but it's uh it, it doesn't seem especially likely at this point well I don't mean for this offseason I'm talking about like next cycle I don't know I feel like he could be an NFL guy right mm, maybe um he'd probably be pretty good at that but we'll I see. also I like him at yeah I mean I feel like his strength is less of like the recruiting side of things and more of the uh He's like just a great defensive mind. It's yeah. what he has been for years, though. Yeah, very even keel, which I think also plays pretty well in the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. Also on Friday night, man, Utah's just better than Oregon. Just full on, straight up better. Thirty-eight, ten. Pretty much the just exact. Kick their ass. Yeah, pretty much the exact yeah. same game as as last time. Oregon had nothing going on on offense. Utah had didn't really need to have a ton going on on offense, but had enough that it could score pretty much at will. Um, Utah will play Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. I, I think it's going to be an interesting watch for Ohio State's defense against a really good front. Uh, I think Utah's going to kick their ass. I'm kind of I'm leaning towards that as well, but we will talk about that in the coming days and, and <laughs> later on this show. But, uh, yeah, watching Utah, it certainly kind of seems like they're just West Coast Michigan that didn't find its quarterback until Week 5. Um, and that's, that's a compliment. <laughs> Michigan's a playoff team, and... Utah really, really. I mean, I don't think Utah even looked that good, though, right? Like they had like 360 yards of offense. It wasn't all, that good of a day. That's all you need. That's like, the Utah is, is yeah. Utah is uh, they're they're economical with their yards. They don't need them. They don't need all that many yards. They're they're clipping uh-huh. coupons. Utah, Utah is the the coupon <laughs> clippers of college football, where they're like, well, we only need 75 dollars for this trip to the store. We only need 38 <laughs> points for this trip to beat Oregon. And it's like, yeah, you only did. That's. Sure enough, you only needed about 350 yards because you're not going to give up any, so it doesn't really matter what you what you do offensively. And and yeah, sure enough, they they didn't need all that many yards because Oregon, for some reason, that, uh, decided that with its playoff contending roster, it would start Anthony Brown at quarterback for 13 games, which is just insane. Dude, that Anthony Brown interception when he was like almost fully out of bounds, just like instead of throwing it away, just throws it directly to a Utah defender. Yeah, uh, I was watching that with. Uh, with a couple of friends, it was just like, like watching, I, I think I said that right before the play, like, watch Anthony Brown throw a pick here, it's just yeah. going to be so organized if he does that. And sure enough, 
Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that kid, that kid sucks so bad. That kid is just, just like, I don't even really blame him for this because he shouldn't have been in this situation. He should not have been the starting quarterback for a playoff contender. But good God, Mario Cristobal, dude, go get anything else. Anything. There you know was... what else? We, we need to talk about Travis Dye as well as yeah. a player. Yeah. Um, listen, it's cool to do the no gloves, no sleeves things as a running back if uh-huh. you're like 230 pounds. If you are like five foot ten, 175, uh, it is not cool. You do not look cool. You look weird. You are too skinny doing that. Travis Dye, put some sleeves on, brother. Yeah, I... Yeah, I think he's fine. I don't have a ton of thoughts on Travis Dye. He probably should put some sleeves. He has, on. This man has no drip, sir. Yeah. He has no drip. That's I think that's Oregon's biggest issue is that it has a drip deficiency right now. There's no drip at Oregon. Who who like? And it's and it's crazy because they used to ride the drip. That yeah, was the drip was their whole program. And it does make me a little bit concerned about potentially Oregon's coach in a in a school. And we will talk about this in a little bit that requires drip. You have to have drip, and and I don't know if he's. I don't know if Mario Cristobal right. can provide it, and so I'm a little I'm a little concerned about that. Um, and, it, and Gucci told us this. This was a cautionary tale for the Oregon football program. Yeah, but you can get lost in the sauce. Yeah, and, and they you, have become lost in their own sauce, and they are now sauceless. Mm-hmm. And we are looking into getting lost in the sauce as a as a preview for Alabama Cincinnati as well. But we will be oh, we will boy. be discussing that down the road, dude. <laughs> I'm going to talk myself into it. We're going to talk about it in a little bit, but I'm going to talk myself into the it. The sauce you're going to get lost in is Skyline Chili. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's what sauce you're going to be lost in. I'm I'm not anti skyline chili. I'll I'll say it. Um, well, I am. All right. Do you have anything else on Friday? Uh, no. All right. Saturday morning. I guess noon. Uh, two games. First up, Big Twelve Championship. One of the only close games of the day. Also, maybe one of the worst football games I've ever seen. Really, really not good. Baylor twenty-one. Oklahoma State sixteen. Uh, mostly I'm just glad that neither Spencer of these... Spencer Sanders sucks. Dude, that kid is is <laughs> dog shit. And we said all year that this kid is dog shit. And sure enough, yep, he is dog shit. As it turns out, <laughs> just... They, this was... I'm mostly just glad here that the result is that neither of these teams gets to play in the playoff. Because both of these guys are fucking losers. I don't want this shit. Like, Baylor, obvi- yeah, I think I, mean, I think Baylor more deserving, obviously, than Oklahoma State because it did it with a backup quarterback. But also... Like this, just they scored twenty one points and then stopped. That was it. They were like, "Okay, I don't think we need any more than this," and they, they didn't. It turns out, but come on, it's not like, it's not like it's it's impossible to drive down the field unless you're you're Baylor and you just stop trying in the second half. But they still do enough here to beat an Oklahoma State team that, frankly, it is absurd that people talked themselves into as like a team that could challenge Georgia. The defense is good. Uh, Spencer Sanders is not the defense that guy. Is incredible. Yeah, I mean the defense is incredible though. Like I mean, all three of those Baylor scoring drives started in Oklahoma State territory because Spencer Sanders threw four picks in the day. Yeah, uh, and I think they also lost a fumble too. Yeah, uh, but but I mean, it's a uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, it, it, Baylor is a good football team, but I mean to win this game the way they did. That yeah, the Oklahoma State <laughs> offense just had nothing for them. And also, why I cannot figure out uh, is. What is going on here with Quinn Ewers maybe transferring to like Texas Tech or Texas, like who have a bunch of quarterbacks? Yeah. Instead of like Oklahoma State or LSU that have everything but a quarterback. I don't really get it. I'm guessing that it has to do with coaching, like the head coach, which is weird because I think you'd get just as good training from Jeff Grimes as you would certainly from Steve Sarkeesian. 
and Joey McGuire. Um, right. So I don't really know. And then obviously Texas A&M, if you go and if you if you choose to go play for Jimbo as a quarterback, you deserve what you get because that's a fucking stupid decision. Um, Correct. But like. Yeah, I, I feel like going to play for Jeff Grimes, maybe just make sure that he stays before making that decision. But he's a, he's a good sure. offensive coordinator. I think he does a good job. He certainly did a good job with Zach Wilson. I feel like that would be a, uh, you know, like really good Zach Wilson would be a pretty pretty solid outcome for, for Quinn, given his uh, given his frame and, and talent. But, I yeah, I don't know. I don't have a great answer for why that why that is. I think that that would make a lot of sense, especially given that Baylor is the only good team of that bunch. I'll be uh, calling up Rick Riker and get this little deal sorted out soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as for the the rest of this <laughs> game, I I really I watched all of it. I really didn't take a whole lot from it. I thought that both defenses looked really good. I thought that even though it was a kind of on its core, it's a silly it's a silly decision, and I don't think you should do this. Um, Dave Aranda playing for a goal line stand and then having it work two separate times was very funny. I enjoyed that, and I thought that that was a. Uh, from a defensive coach, a a baller, if not stupid, move. But the fact that it worked makes mm-hmm. it so that we can't complain too much about it because that is very cool when you pull that off. That's right. Yeah. Um, also, Oklahoma State's. I mean, I, I know we keep talking these defenses in general, but like two weeks in a row, they pitched a second half shutout. Yep. Uh, Jim Knowles is a dog. Yeah, he's very good, and we are certainly looking into Jim Knowles potentially as uh, <laughs> someone who we're going to talk about a little bit more the on the show. Every yeah. guy in the every guy in the country is calling Jim Knowles' agent right now. Yes, including me and also you. We're both doing it. We're calling mm-hmm. up Jim Knowles' mm-hmm. agent. Um, we're getting him as a co-host. Mm, that'd be fun. I'd be interested in his thoughts on uh, uh, Boys Town Pat Fitzgerald. Get to know what he thinks about that. He's a Philly guy. You know okay. that? No, I did. I did not. So I guess we could do. He's we... going to talk about uh, going down to the the Delco Wawa. Yeah, uh, Delco Wawa, bumming some cigs, watching the birds. We're going to get him and Bill on at the same time, and then just no, neither of us are going to say anything. We're just going to let them go back mm-hmm. and forth and see how quickly they revert back to that accent. We're just going to get a water ice and a hoagie. Yeah, that's all. It would be completely incomprehensible by the end of the podcast, and that's what we really want. We we want we want it to we want to create a new language by by uh, by the end of this calendar year and so Jim Knowles open invitation to come on the show. Um, That's right. All right. One day we'll do we'll do an episode where Bill goes full Philly accent and I do full Pittsburgh accent for oh, the entire man. sixty minutes and we'll just see what happens. I think that'd be cool. <laughs> uh, also at noon, NIU forty one, Kent State twenty three. Kent State scores thirteen scores thirteen points in the fourth quarter. God damn. God damn, Thomas Hammock! This is really impressive. I did not see this one coming. Yep. Like i I thought that the, I thought that NIU absolutely could win, um, but I did not think they'd do it this convincingly because it's kind of hard to blow a team out by running the ball eighty times, which is what NIU does. And sure enough, they came in and blew them out by running the ball eighty times. Um, what is this kid's first name? I'm trying to remember. Jay Ducker. That's right. Jay Ducker, 29 carries for 146 yards. That rushing attack is so well designed. It's um, just really, Man, it's really, really fun to watch. Man, their blocking is so well done. Yes, and it's it's the way that they set up their linemen to succeed with misdirection, with the occasional threat of Rocky Lombardi carrying the ball. I mean, Rocky Lombardi carried the ball eight times for 17 yards and had three touchdowns. That is a very, very good yeah. sign that you use your I'm, quarterback in the right spot. He ended up playing like, towards the goal line where he just walked in. He did it twice. Uh, on that fake. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, he yeah. did it He did it twice on back-to-back possessions in the fourth quarter where he has a five-yard run untouched, and then he has a two-yard run untouched, and both times the defense had no 
idea who had the ball. It, it could have been like every single person on the defense is watching the running back and Rocky Lombardi is just walking into the end zone. Um, I really liked that. Those were like, it was pretty simple read option stuff, but because he so rarely takes the ball, the defense had completely forgotten that he could do it. Um, and he is a capable runner. I've just, uh, I really could not be more impressed with what NIU has done this season. This is not like a flash in the pan team where they're running a gimmicky, where they're running, you know, a gimmicky offense and kind of taping it together as they go. This is a really, really strong fundamentally football team, especially in the trenches in the way that they run. They have, I think, 86 freshmen, like guys with freshman eligibility, which obviously is helped by the COVID season. doesn't seem like Thomas Hammock is going to go anywhere. I think that this might be your MAC champion for the next three or four years. They're really, really fucking good, and they think they're only going to get better. Um, They are a really good program. One thing that's interesting is I have heard some... Uh... Some talk that their offensive line coach uh, Daryl Agbalsa mm-hmm. uh, is up for some Big Ten jobs mm. and may end up uh, may end up leaving. And that O line is like the core of this team. Yeah, uh, he also was the O line coach uh, of Buffalo during the good Jared Patterson Ooh, years. Okay, uh, like he was there until 2019, I think, was his last year. Yeah, um, that's one hell of a hire. So I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, the way they run wide zone and the way his guys block it is like really interesting for the way a lot of Big Ten teams want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's a guy who could. Be a bigger loss to realize that program. But yeah. at the same time, uh, I agree. Hammock has it in a really good way. And if the recruiting follows, then um, yeah, they're, they're going to be really solid. And for the most part, I think it has. Let me let me check to get this kid's name for sure. Um, but I remember when writing the preview for NIU this past offseason, I was looking at their class, and they had landed this kid who was a, who was a true freshman this year. Um, yeah, Ontario Brown, who's a running back from Georgia, 744 in the nation at NIU, 48th best running back. That's really good. Like that's that's really I impressive. Prefer, I prefer British Columbia Brown. Okay, How about that. Uh, it's A N T, but yes. Um, oh, also okay. got they've got <laughs> shitload of three stars, 79th best class in the country in 2020 right now, fourth in the MAC. That'll do. I mean that'll that'll work for what they're doing, especially if they continue to get line talent. It looks like they only have two offensive linemen committed right now so maybe they will nab a couple more and jump up um jay ducker the the star running back there also a true freshman i believe uh if not a true freshman he has freshman eligibility i think it's just like i said i think it's just going to keep getting better here at niu kent state meanwhile um i have some questions i have some questions about sean lewis about that offense in general i think we're starting to see some diminishing returns on the um, teams that can only run RPOs and don't have anything else in their system, hmm. and I'm I'm curious if I think that this this playoff. Um, I'm just looking at Ryan Day right now. Yeah, okay. well, that's I mean, <laughs> pretty soon he's going to learn about RPOs, and then he's really going to be in trouble. Um, I I think that this playoff field is kind of a a direct rebuke of the RPOs. It's not like these teams don't do them, but I do think that their defenses are designed specifically to stop them. And so right. it's, uh, I think, which is funny because Alabama ran them exclusively last year. It was yeah. every play. Yeah. And, and now Alabama is, is still doing a lot of them, but also it has Jamison Williams. And so it's kind of going to be hard to defend regardless. But I, I think that, um, especially in the, in the smaller leagues here in the Mac, uh, I think that something closer to what Lance Leopold does in the ground game is maybe an adjustment worth looking into, given that Buffalo had so much success with it last year and the year before, and NIU has now won the league with it. Something to look into if you are, for some reason, listening to this as a, a G5 coach. Uh, maybe try to go get a wide zone running game. It seems like it works pretty well. 
That's right. That's right. All right. Next up, I believe this was at 3.30, these two. First up, Utah State 46, San Diego State 13. I did not see hell? did not see this one coming. I'll tell you, San Diego State's defense was aces all year. And then Utah State comes in, throws for more than 300 yards. Logan Bonner went went nuts here. Um, I believe, didn't Utah State block like two punts for a touchdown? Um, that's right. That so that that helps certainly. Um, the, yeah, they they had a and safety. They also, San Diego State lost two fumbles as well, I believe. Yeah, so it was it was sort of a rough afternoon for San Diego State, but also Utah State really just kind of beat the shit out of them. I I think that you, that San Diego State is certainly a game state team, and the fact that it was fourteen mm-hmm. three at the half was not to their benefit. Um, but I mean, credit to to Utah State for going out there and making plays. I think that this was a really impressive performance by a team that I didn't realize could do this. Um, Like with Hammock, I think that Blake Anderson has these boys humming, has this program really moving uh, in a way that will pay dividends, not just this year, but down the road. they got to find a replacement for Logan Bonner at quarterback because that kid's like 27 years old. But I have no reason to think they can't do that, and I, I have no reason to think that as the Mountain Division continues to struggle with Boise State kind of in lurch and Colorado State unable to find a head coach, uh, there's plenty of room for Utah State to continue to do things like this and to have seasons like this. Just unbelievable that the state of Utah has three programs that's good right now. It's, Just, uh, I, I don't know how they've done I mean, this. It doesn't make any sense. It keeps happening. Utah has three more good programs than Florida does. <laughs> fuck yeah i mean uh shout out to the mormons dude they got that mormon money floating around i guess uh, man. i have positive theories it'll be huge for nil because you know the church just gonna throw around some cash yeah still waiting to see it happen but i'm hoping it does i do think also it's very funny that all three of them win in wildly different ways like utah is the traditional yes. like what you would think is that they're just gonna beat the shit out of you byu is kind of a tweener between the two and then utah state throws the hell out of the ball very funny very funny that they have all built a completely different program and all three of them are working um yeah we we do love that and we love blake anderson and so very happy for him. Um, I believe San Diego State, yeah, I, I mentioned earlier, still gets a pretty good ball game, Frisco Bowl against UTSA. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think good, they played UTEP in that game, not UTSA. Uh, Action Network here says UTSA, and then Fresno State gets UTEP. Uh, I got it, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't believe it has yet dropped who Utah State gets, but I haven't updated this page. So we'll, we'll, we'll go through the bowls at the end. But either way, really impressive win for Utah State here. Also at 3.30, Louisiana 24, App State 16. Um, they, they did it again. I mean, this is just what Louisiana does, where all season they kind of fucked around and didn't really do a whole lot. And then when they play a good team, they're suddenly Louisiana again. App State made it closer here with a, a late touchdown in the fourth quarter, but Louisiana was in command of this game and, and deserved to win it uh, and also has promoted a new coach, correct? Uh, correct, correct. That's right. Uh, let me uh, let me try and remember this, guys. That's a good job, dude. Yeah. Is that becoming a good job? I, I, there? I think so. I'm interested to see if Pat Tony stays put. I have not seen anything on that front. I'm kind of surprised, honestly that Napier didn't bring him with him to Florida and is instead trying to tab um, Knowles for that job. But I think 
Uh, yeah, here it is. Ma- Again, as is everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, Michael De- <laughs> Michael Desormo is the guy's name, and it is an M E A U X. So this is a true Louisiana man, and we do love that. Um, Let's go. He was the co-offensive coordinator with Napier. Good for him. I hope he keeps Pat Tony around because that guy is fucking good. And that, and guy that is last really name good. too is that a? Do we have a like? Uh, Italian Louisiana man. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you from the look at it. Yes, <laughs> I think what we've got. I think we have the first ever Italian Louisiana man here that I'm that I'm looking at. We have an Italian Cajun coaching the oh raging my Cajun. God. This guy rocks. Uh, we love that dude. That's cool. <laughs> this guy rocks. I'm fired up about this guy. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, yeah, good for good for good for Louisiana here. Good season. App State, brother, go get a quarterback, please. Please go get a quarterback. Chase Bryce, twelve of That's thirty right. for one nineteen in the touchdown. What are we doing here? You guys have like eight good running backs. The, the, <laughs> unbelievable. The only game his entire career Chase Bryce showed up for uh, was the one against uh, Coastal. Yeah. After Woody came on the show to talk shit to us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good lord. The only game he's ever played well in his whole career in college. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was just to prove us wrong for one week and then go back to sucking shit again forever. Oh, man. Yeah, App State, uh, fellas, there's a lot of guys in the transfer portal. Just go get one of them and you'll be fine. You'll just Quinn Ewers, yeah. Yeah, just, just <laughs> dude, that would kick ass. Mountaineer Quinn Ewers, let's go. He would fit in perfectly We're thinking there. about it. The mullet? Are you kidding <laughs> let's me? Let's go. They would move some numbers. Let's go. Numbers. Dude, Quinn Ewers against Grayson McCall, number one matchup of all time. That would kick ass. <laughs> I mean, Quinn, G5 teams can go to the playoff now, brother. You you just say the word, and we'll make this happen for you. Um, yeah, only He's other... go play for Luke Fickle. Yeah. Ooh, ooh don't, don't even tempt me with that. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I mean, App State should have run the ball more here. It should have run the ball more all season, but still, good win for, for Louisiana. Louisiana defense is really impressive. Offense has been what it is all season, but also they're fucking 12-1, and so... Who can we? Uh, who who am I to complain? They should have beaten Texas. Uh, I don't know how they didn't do that. It seems like maybe they should have just played better there. But um, other than that, good season for uh, for Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, great year. Shout to Blaine Napier. Uh, good on him, by the way, for coaching this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, that's a cool thing to do. I, I like it. I think that I'm not that his players like respected him enough to uh, have him around. It seems like it uh, portends well. His relationship with players in the future of Florida. Yeah, um, I think he's a good hire for Florida. I think he's a good coach. I think Louisiana is a great program, and uh, good, for, good for them. A great season. Yeah, I, I do think it's funny that like the Florida, you know, going, Florida going out and hiring just one of the better G five coaches has gone under the radar this season because that is usually the kind of hire that gets really highly touted and people are excited about. But with all the other stuff going on, it's kind of you know been been less talked about. I do think Billy Napier is a really good coach. I'm curious to see if his teams will always be up even for smaller games because that did seem to be an issue at louisiana but i also i have good mm-hmm. reason to believe that he will be fully ready for like georgia or alabama or well and famously you know these florida teams have such even killed attitudes week to week uh-huh. in the roster mm-hmm. so that's uh, i'm interested in that i'll say but i do think he's a good hire and i think he's a good coach and i think that the fact that he has left his program in good enough of a state where they can one hire from within and two he can stick around through the conference championship game even after being hired elsewhere and no one like made him leave that's I, I think that's good i think that's very good i would like to see more coaches do that i think that was a good thing that we used to do and i don't know why they have stopped doing it um but good for good for him nonetheless uh, another one of those things that like i, I do know why they've stopped doing it is because of the signing period another one of those things where like 
just an unintended, unnecessary thing to bring on to the sport uh, because of that early signing period. Um, get rid of it. It sucks. I don't want it anymore. Yep, that's right. Uh, let's. I think we have a later. We're gonna do a later episode about that in yep. length, some point in time. Yeah. Um, that's that's a topic I want to discuss more fully. For sure. SEC championship. Uh, whoops. Alabama forty-one. Georgia twenty-four. As it turns out, <laughs> Georgia hadn't played anybody, and I suppose I should have seen this coming better than I did. I don't know if anybody really did. I don't know if I'm going to take the full blame for this one, uh, but also, goddamn, Georgia was not ready for this, even a little bit. Not even kind of ready. They sure weren't, man. They got their ass kicked. It uh, wasn't even just like big plays. It's like just they are who they are who we thought they were, right? They can't play in that game state. They cannot yeah. come from behind against you. Yeah. And because they don't have corners that are capable of making explosive plays, because, again, they employ Darian Kendrick, who's yeah. like awful, uh, and has done this every year of his career. He just goes to the goes to big games and gets dumped on by good receivers like his favorite thing to do mm-hmm. uh you know it happened again <laughs> and, uh, what can you say it's georgia they found a way to screw it up it's what they always do yeah man it, it really was like it wasn't even really the thing that we had said was the path here for alabama there were some big plays like the jamison williams 67 yard touchdown there was the uh the pick six williams had another big one but it was largely just they drove the ball down the field and, and, you know, Bryce Young was comfortable in the pocket and delivered. And I think Alabama's offensive line played its first good game of the entire season. I don't know how sustainable that is, but I do think that it was, you know, impressive and severely unexpected. And Georgia just got blown out of the water. I, I really, Stetson Bennett, 48 attempts. I think that tells you what happened in this game. And it's not positive for Georgia. Mm-hmm. You do not want Stetson Bennett to throw the ball 20 times, let alone 48. That's way, way, way too much. JT Daniels must just not be practicing or something. Like, he must just not be there anymore because I I don't know what we're doing here with Stetson Bennett. This, this is a... Uh, this is a weird team. I think it's a, a really, really good defense. I do think that they are prone to, like this and and we I, I should have done a better job i guess of seeing this coming and have, they're gonna lose to michigan they're gonna lose they might <laughs> they they uh they certainly might i don't know because michigan has scored pretty early uh in the last couple of weeks and, and certainly has that big playability more so on the ground than through the air um i'm i'm curious about it certainly i'm 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 intrigued by it Ugh. Anything else on this game? Let's I mean, Jamison Williams no, is really fucking on. good. I, that's that's the only other thing I, I have from it. That kid is so fucking fast. Um, John Mechie tears He's his ACL, right. which is not good for Alabama because now they have uh, one receiver instead of one and a half. But it is good for us because Cincinnati is going to beat Alabama. Yes, that's right. Uh, we, we will talk about that in a little bit. I've already I've started to work it out in my head how we how we can make that happen. Oh like, yeah, I think no, I, I believe it. I, I believe think it. I'm convinced. Um, all right. Also at four, <laughs> I don't think Bama's that good. <laughs> speak. Listen, I still don't. Listen, I think yeah, the best team in the country. yeah. We will do a uh, we will do a full breakdown here at some point. But also uh, listen. So at four p.m. as well going on. Um, Going on along with the SEC game, I'll tell you, this was the one I had on the main screen. The SEC game was off to the side because um, this is the one I cared about. Cincinnati 35, Houston 20, not as close as the final score indi- indicated. Houston stuck with them for a half, and then Cincinnati came out of the break and beat the shit out of them. 
Cincinnati had an unbelievable <laughs> eight minutes to open the second half, and then that was the end of the game. Cincinnati came out of that. Well, it's what we talked about, right? It's 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 with their running game. Like when their running game is fixed and it's yeah. working, and Jerome Ford is getting out wide. Yeah, like that's where they win games. Yeah, and they did have some. I have some concerns about the short yardage rushing from Cincinnati here because they had about eight third downs, like third and one, where they could not get a yard. And I don't, I don't know what's going on there. I think that being more willing to pass in short yarded situations would be a benefit to them or also being more willing to have Desmond Ritter run with the ball on some of those plays because it, it works every time he does. Um, but I think in general, the rushing attack was good here. It obviously created 79 and 42 yard rushes. And out of that break, Cincinnati just turned the lights off. Cincinnati just, you know, comes out, scores right on that, on that first drive. Um, gets the ball back, scores immediately again, and then has a 42-yard run to put it away. Should have been 42, right? Or should have been, um, should have been 42-13 right after that when they forced the, uh, what I certainly think was a fumble and a scoop and score. They, the refs ended up reversing that call and giving the ball back to Houston. Houston drives down, scores a touchdown. I guess that was in the fourth quarter, but, um, I think that's how it went. But anyway, Cincinnati never really seriously challenged here in the second half, puts the game away, qualifies for the first ever g5 bid to the college football playoff uh they did exactly what we wanted them to do entering the season the the expectation the requirement was go out win all your games hope that houston or smu is good houston ended up being good um hope that one of or both of notre dame and indiana are good notre dame finishes fifth in the country indiana uh redacted and Cincinnati did everything. Cincinnati did everything that it needed to do. And thank God we didn't have to uh, have to worry about it today that they would get in. They were they were in easily, and they will uh, they'll play Alabama. I I couldn't be happier here. I'm I'm really really proud of these guys, and I was I really enjoyed watching this game. When Luke Fickle beats Nick Saban, uh, Gene Smith is going to run out from the tunnel at the end of the game and hand him a money in the bank uh, uh, clause to be able to take Ryan Day's shot and win the national title. Dude, uh, uh, <laughs> Gene Smith is going to run out of the tunnel at Ohio Stadium and for some reason give Ryan Day a raise because a bunch of writers said that he should. Uh, that's uh, oh my god! That's his next. That's his next step. Luke Fickle's winning a championship at Cincinnati, and Gene Smith is giving Ryan Day ten million dollars a year to go nine and three. Uh, the fucking, the, <laughs> I'm going to get myself in trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not going to say anything further because I will, I will do some things that will, uh, permanently <laughs> damage several relationships. <laughs> if, I have, if, I, mm. if I say anything further. Yeah. Um, anything else on this? I've just, I'm thrilled for Cincinnati. I was, I was worried about the game all week and they, put it away early in the second half and I, I couldn't have been happier with no, it. No, they kicked their ass. Yeah, yeah. Great team. Uh they're they're the most complete football team in the country right yeah, now. Absolutely. Um no one is playing better on both sides of the football. Um they have shown it all season. They haven't lost. They've only been, I mean it's <laughs> no one's yet found the formula to beat Cincinnati. Yeah. And uh good luck on trying. They're uh, all the, I don't think it's gonna happen. It's an underrated skill here, but also they're just really good at finding ways to win football games, right? Like they don't really it's it's something that we don't talk about a ton because it seems like it would just correlate directly with talent in a lot of ways it does but also Luke Fickle is he has that same kind of comfortability with close games except he actually has a good fucking team and knows how to yes. win those games rather than just being in them um it's just it's a, it's skill it's a skill it's absolutely 
something that Cincinnati has under its belt. It's This is a team that, like we were talking about last week with Ohio State, how it cannot bounce back from a punch. This is a team that can take punches. This is a team that is happy to do that and to deliver them back out and is confident in its own ability to go 12 rounds better than any opponent does. Um, and that that's a really good skill for a college football team to have. They don't get too high. They don't get too low. Um, and usually at every point in a game, they have a quarter, they have a couple of minutes where they just lock in and become completely unbeatable. Uh, like that third quarter, you could just tell during that run where it's like, oh, Houston's got nothing here. Houston has nothing for them. Nobody in the entire country would have any anything for them in this eight-minute stretch. There's no answer when they get when they get rolling like that. Uh, by the way, Patrick, uh, well, first of all, I agree with you. I think we all know that he's dominating this game. I have nothing further to offer. Um, the final rankings have come out from the playoff committee as we were talking. This. Uh, do you want to uh, Do you want to hear them? Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, we know the top six, right? Yep. You saw those earlier. Yep. Uh, at seven, we've got Baylor. Eight is Ole Miss. Okay. Nine, Oklahoma State. Uh, Ten, Michigan State. Eleven, Utah. Twelve, okay. very disrespectfully, is Pitt, who should be yeah. – I would say like eighth at at lowest. Yeah. Um, thirteen is BYU. Fourteen's Oregon. Fifteen's Iowa. Sixteen we have the dreaded uh, and disgusting Oklahoma Sooners Dude, we all despise. Fifteen uh, Iowa. Good God! Drop two yeah, spots gross. after getting thirty nine after a thirty nine point loss in the conference title game. What the fuck is wrong with these people? Fifteen. Yeah. yeah what can you do? Good God. Uh, Seventeen is Wake. Eighteen is NC State. 19 is Clemson. Yep. 20 is Houston. Still pretty high. Okay, yeah. Uh, Moved up. <laughs> 21, Arkansas. 22, Kentucky. 23, Louisiana. 24, San Diego State. 25, Texas A&M. San Diego State 24 is a little strange. Feels like they just didn't know <laughs> what to do with it. They didn't watch that game. Didn't yeah, watch that They just that didn't one. watch the game. Didn't watch it. Um, yeah, that that seems fine to me. I think 16, Iowa, like or 15, Iowa, like I said, is is kind of silly um 19 clemson i don't have a huge issue with anymore i I would have a couple weeks ago um but i think 16 iowa can lead or 15 iowa rather can lead us into big 10 championship which i am going to talk about at least briefly i watched the first half of this game and then i knew what was going to happen and i went and did something else because i was bored with it uh this was exactly what we thought it was going to be Iowa stinks and isn't very good, and Michigan doesn't and is good. And sure enough, 42-3, to get these fucking guys out of the Big Ten Championship game. I have no interest in seeing Iowa. This team fucking sucks. This team is horrible. All right. <laughs> I have nothing to offer on this game. I'm just waiting until you're done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, nothing. I have nothing really else to say here. I thought Michigan's ability to create big plays in the first half was pretty cool, and then... Second half just drove down the field. Didn't really have any issue with it. Um, starting Spencer Petras in a in a conference championship game is a uh, it's a criminal offense, and I think that Kirk Ferentz should have to pay for his crimes at some point here in the coming days and weeks, and maybe uh, Allah willing, he he will. Um, Michigan qualifies for the playoff as the number two seed. Elsewhere, last game of the night. I don't think we really want to talk about the USC Cal game unless you're. Um, I don't know. Nope, sure don't. <laughs> Inclined. Uh, <laughs> ACC Championship, Pitt 45, Wake Forest 21. I'm going to be honest, I was kind of bored with this one too. It was it was a little bit, it, it was even a little bit too indulgent for me. I just <laughs> I kind of got sick of it. It felt like eating a bunch of candy. Um, the, uh, I don't know, man. It was fun. I had a good time with it. Uh, I was watching this. Uh, there were like 
you know, we were at the bar and there were like six TVs playing Michigan, Iowa, and like one playing Pit Wake. And I was just trying to fixate and, and sure. block out my peripheral vision. Sure. And only watch Pit uh, Wake Forest. Um, I, here's one thing I want to talk about that I'm curious to hear your thoughts on. I see a lot of people online bitching about the Kenny Pickett fake slide. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts about this? Um, I don't care, right? Like, I don't, like, yeah. I don't care, whatever. Um, I, I think it was cool. I liked watching it. It probably shouldn't be legal, but also that's not my problem. I, I don't. It's not my job to care I mean, about like, it. It wasn't like the tacklers near him were like imminent to touching him. Like yeah. a situation where they could have gotten flagged or whatever. Yeah. Like they were still five yards out. Like if he slides there, you just touch him down the way you would in the NFL. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I think that's bad. The defenders for totally stopping. Yeah. That's kind of like you know until he, until he goes down, you shouldn't completely stop. Yeah. It it is like I and I understand that it is a really difficult situation to put a defender in, but I also understand like. Uh, it was cool, and I like to watch it, and so it's, right. it's not my problem. It's like not... people don't people don't call like the fake spike against the rules. Like so what? Yeah, like it probably is against the the general sportsmanship of the game, but also I don't give a shit. It was cool. I like to watch yeah. it. I thought yeah, it was right. fun. Um, <laughs> I think he's really good. I wouldn't complain at all if he won the Heisman. He's not going to, but I, I think he's I think he's good. Um, was really disappointed with Sam Hartman here, who had four interceptions. Um, yeah, just he was. He went Anthony Brown mode. <clears throat> he did. He was. He was really pressing, and I think that that sort of ended the game. Wake scoring twenty one points in the for, in the first quarter, and then not anymore. Also a tough look. Don't love to see that. Uh, yeah. I mean, we've got to talk about this pit team at some point. They're actually really good. Yeah, they're uh, they're really really I mean, good. They just don't blow a game at home to Western Michigan. They're in the playoff. Yeah, which is crazy. Damn. Yeah, uh, they get. Michigan State in the Peach Bowl, which I think should be uh, kind of a blowout, actually. <laughs> As I think about it, I think Pitt, I think Pitt might beat the shit out of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure Arduzzi will have some uh, some motivation there, right? Mets' yeah. former team wasn't really considered for the job when it came open. Yeah. Uh, well, and also Michigan State doesn't field a defensive secondary for some reason, so I'm I'm not sure that that's going right. to go super well against uh, <laughs> against Pickett. But what do I know? I'm just a guy who has watched football before. Um, that's right. All right. Playoff playoff field is in. Uh, one versus four is Alabama versus Cincinnati in Arlington. Two versus three is Michigan. Inshallah, Nick shall burn. <laughs> That's right. Two versus three is Michigan versus Georgia in uh, Miami. Very funny that the three seed is favored by a, a touchdown and a point over the two seed, but it is what it is. Um, <clears throat> I believe the line has already come down on this Alabama-Cincinnati game, which we like to see. Seems like more and more people are actually watching Cincinnati, mm. which is beneficial. I don't like to see that because I was going to bet it. I was hoping to get that uh, high. <laughs> well, it's, it's at tw- it's at, right now on Action Network, it's at 12.5. I don't know what it actually is elsewhere, but... Um, I I'm fine with this. I think in general, I would have liked to see Georgia knock Alabama out. Auburn should have done the fucking job a week ago, and then we wouldn't have been here in the first place. I don't really know who would have taken that fourth spot. I don't think Notre Dame really belonged, so I've, I'm troubled by who that would have been. I do think this is probably the four best teams in college football in general, and so I'm not going to complain too much. Georgia should have been the four seed below Cincinnati, so we can get the fucking rematch out of the way, but... I still think these will be fun games. I think in general, I'm more satisfied with the field here than I have been in quite some time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I kind of hate seeing Michigan field, of course, but well, beyond yeah. that, I mean, as, you know, simply as a, as a fan, it's a human being, not, not a huge fan of that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's Alabama, Georgia again. Like, 
it is what we thought it is, right? It's, Alabama's going to I mean, I, I don't know. I'm still hoping Cincinnati wins. I'm talking myself into it. But, yeah. like, in my head, it's going to be another Alabama national championship, and it won't even be that close of a game. Um, and it's pretty fucking annoying. I don't know. I'm pretty pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> like, the field's better, I guess, in the sense it has Cincinnati, which I love. Uh, but it's still, call, it's still business as usual for college football, which is kind of exactly what we worried with the whole – 2007 chaos scenario conversation to start the year. Yeah, it would be kind of fitting, like to complete the two the 2007 ness of the season if it ended up being Alabama Georgia for the title, which feels certainly possible. Um, that's the yeah. that's the odds on favorite right now, which stinks. But um, yeah, I, I I'm more confident in Cincinnati and Michigan than I would be in like Notre Dame or Oklahoma State in these spots. Um, we are going to do more in depth previews of those games, obviously, just off the off the jump, I think Cincinnati is a better matchup for Alabama than Georgia is because Cincinnati is not starting Stetson Bennett at quarterback, which is a, a step in the right direction. And also, Cincinnati has recognized that you need to have cornerbacks who can play football and has two of them who I think are very good. Um, I think Sauce Gardner up against Jamison Williams is going to be really fun. And I think Cincinnati actually has edge rushers on its team, which is also a uh, a benefit for for the Bearcats. Uh, I'm really interested in this one. I think Cincinnati has a legitimate chance to win and like we said we'll we'll preview this in more depth. Uh as for the Michigan Georgia game, I I think Michigan's going to win. I'm kind of leaning towards Michigan winning cuz I think that they have roughly the same uh, offense Georgia's defense is better but I also think that Michigan is much better in those game states and that's going to be the thing that fucks Georgia against good opponents is that if they fall down early they just cannot get back into games because Stetson Bennett is their quarterback um and so I'm 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 intrigued given that I think both underdogs have a legitimate chance to to win their games and that's um that's fun if nothing else I'm excited about that Love to have a playoff game where the over under is forty three. Isn't isn't that just great? <sighs> uh. hmm. <laughs> Maybe we'll get lucky. It'll be, be so a, fun. It'll be a fun under. It'll be one of those where both defenses are really impressive, and not just that both offenses suck. I mean, it won't be that, but maybe we'll get lucky, and it will be. Who's to say? Yeah, uh, we shall see. All right, you want to talk coaches? Let's do it. Okay, big one of the day, I guess big two of the day. Brent Venables to Oklahoma. They have they have pulled it off, maybe, it sounds like. Um, the report is that Oklahoma is finalizing this. While this when this episode goes out, I'm assuming that it will be done, but uh if not, then our bad. Uh we talked about this a little bit in the week. Clemson is now seemingly down its defensive coordinator and also its athletic director, who's going to Miami. Um, Tony Elliott is obviously That's right. going to get considered for jobs again for whatever reason because he has a really good agent even though he sucks as a coach. Um, so Clemson could lose both of its coordinators and also its athletic director one season after losing its head coach's soul. Um, and so tough uh, tough scene here for Clemson. I think a really good hire for Oklahoma. I'm, I'm excited to see what Brent Venables does in the head coaching role. Sounds like he wants Jeff Levy as his offensive coordinator, which I think is a great hire. Um, count me as interested. I think this is a, a really good move for Oklahoma. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm intrigued by it. I, I do think Venables is a really good defensive mind, obviously. I am somewhat concerned about, like, the program management ability. I think that is, like, a kind of a question Yeah. You know, we don't want to take transfers. We're going to take small recruiting classes. Yada yada in Oklahoma. Uh, he's going to get his. He's going to get eaten alive in the SEC. Right. I'm, uh, I'm going to have you. It re- will not go well. Real quick, I'm going to have you say that again because you were you were breaking up during that. 
Oh, okay. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, if he does the, um, basically the Dabo thing, Dabo did at Clemson, where, you know, we're not going to take transfers, right? We're going to take these small classes. We're going to be a culture team. We're not going to be a team built on talent or whatever. Uh, I'm going to tell you, he's probably not going to hit a run of like three consecutive first round quarterbacks. And it's probably not going to go very well, if yeah. I had to guess. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to have to learn how to recruit the big boys or else he's not going to do anything uh, at Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm curious. I am I am interested in like how much being with Dabo has impacted his vision on that sort of things and if he is his own guy when it comes to that. Because I, I do think, especially like in the SEC, which is where they're headed, you, you have to do that. You have to be able to play the portal. We've seen a lot uh-huh. of this season's breakthrough stories were a direct result of the portal. Like both Baylor and Oklahoma State had lots of portal influence. Michigan State, obviously, lower levels, NIU, Utah State, Houston, even Alabama pulled in a bunch of guys from the portal and kind of pieced their offense around that. Um, Oklahoma probably is going to need to do a lot of that this offseason, given the number of guys who are leaving. I'm curious if they get some of those recruits back with this. Um I think it could end up being a pretty good defensive class just because he has all those relationships. But I am interested. I think his offensive coordinator hire, if it's Levy, would be a really good move. I think it's going to be critical to what he, what he's going to do there, critical to his success there. Um, but in general, I am, if I'm Oklahoma, I'm pleased. I think this is a good hire. I don't think it's like a home run yeah. in the way that, you know, Lincoln Riley at USC was. But in, in given the situation, given the time that they had to make this hire, and given some of the candidates, I think that they got probably the best realistically that they could have because Fickle would have said no. Um, Matt Campbell, I don't think, is a better hire than Venables. And so I think if you're Oklahoma, Certainly you're, not, you're pretty yeah. happy with this. Yeah, I guess I do question who would have been better than yeah. uh, than Venables. And I don't think there's many options. And I would say I'd prefer. I mean, of course, like you'd hope Oklahoma could have the response that LSU or USC did and go get a Dave Aranda or go get a guy like that and not be turned down. Yeah. Uh, but clearly that, that didn't happen. So <laughs> considering who they were picking from, I think that's probably the next best choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a good enough hire. I yeah. mean, we'll see. Uh, I think he's, uh, like I said, he's been a great, he's a great recruiter, like as a like one-to-one recruiter, you know what I mean? In the sense of like when he pursues prospects, it goes well. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how he does in the sense of managing recruiting for a whole program. Um, we'll see how much he like wants to control the defense versus being like a CEO of a program type. And, um, you know, I think we tend to find that the higher up you get in football, the more you kind of have to uh, take some of that responsibility off your hands and stop calling plays so frequently. Yeah. Uh, and I do wonder how much he loses his advantage as a result of that. But yeah. I- I'm very curious to see the whole thing play out. I think it is an interesting hire. And Oklahoma is in a very like uh, pivotal pivotal time right now for its program trajectory, I feel like. You know, it's, they've yeah. been one of the true blue bloods forever. Um, and are about as consistent as any program of college football besides like Ohio State, you know, for the last like 70 years. Um, and I don't know, like this is a situation where you're joining the SEC West. Uh, you have a new first time head coach join your program. Uh, you just lost your coach to the Pac-12. Um, it's interesting times. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, interested to see what this class that he is able to pull together looks like. Interested, like I said, to see his hires. But I also think that in a normal cycle, this is probably one of the more hyped hires and that it it just happened that Oklahoma got in a little bit late. And the two major sitting P5 coaches who were ready to move had already done so. Um, 
And so they were kind of stuck holding the bag there because it does seem like Aranda is not really interested in jumping. Um, and uh, yeah, so I don't I don't know who else you tab at that point. And I think that Venables is a is a good pull. Um, elsewhere in coaching has been developing over the last 24 hours. Not finalized, but does seem to be kind of heading this way. I think somebody from, what is it, Dan Labatar's show reported this morning that Mario Cristobal is going to be the next head coach at Miami. Um, I don't know how much we can... How much stock we can we can really take in that, but also, it's out there. It's being said that Miami is pursuing him hard. Miami, of course, nabs seemingly nabs the Clemson athletic director. I don't know if that's finalized yet either. Um, this would be, I believe, they played together. This would be a, a pretty major power play if you're Miami. This is the this kind would of, be nuts. This like, is Miami the kind of hire. Yeah. money in football. Yeah, it's something that has not happened in a long time. Yeah. Right. Like this. This is something that we don't really we haven't experienced in the modern era, like since Larry Coker was the coach. Yeah. This is the kind of hire where you see this. If they pull this off, it's like okay, Miami might might be coming back. Miami might actually be ready to to compete with the big boys and might finally understand what it takes to be a modern college football power, especially with a, a power vacuum in the in the ACC. Um, this would be the one where I think we look and, and start to again take seriously the, the possibility that Miami could be really really fucking good Cristobal I am curious about as a game day coach I'm curious about his ability to build out mm-hmm. modern offenses I think his coordinator hires would be interesting here I think they would be telling similar to Venables um, but also he's a really good recruiter and I think that he would be even better at Miami than he is at Oregon as a recruiter and in the ACC that is scary that is very very scary very quickly if you start to pull top five top ten classes to Miami uh, especially with Clemson hiring presumably two more former players as its coordinators if Tony Elliott leaves because that's all that Dabo Swinney knows how to do um I think Miami could very quickly with Cristobal jump up into the upper echelon of the ACC again and I think that like USC making a major play as it did this offseason this is good for college football if Mario Cristobal goes to Miami if Miami can pull this off yeah um one thing I do want to say that while you were talking uh, the Alamo Bowl just announced that they are going to have a press conference at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Yeah. Uh, that is supposed to have the head coaches of Oregon and Oklahoma today. Huh. So uh, we'll see who shows up for that press conference. <laughs> That'll be fun. It's going to yeah. be Bob Stoops uh, and Chip Kelly for some reason. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, well, and I mean, we should get to that. That's the point. It's like there are people are saying that uh, Oregon is apparently uh, like looking strongly at Chip Kelly. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about that? Because I have a I have a strong snap reaction, but I'm curious for yours. I mean, I think it'd be a good hire, right? Like, I don't yeah. know who else you can get better if you're working in this situation. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't see a better available opportunity for you. Yeah. My snap reaction is I see a lot of people talking about this who maybe haven't watched UCLA this year. Um, Chip, uh-huh. Chip's offense is not bad he has not forgotten how to coach offense the the issue there is his defensive coordinator and it seems like he's moving on from him uh he might have already done that um i i think chip is still a very good offensive coach i think he would still be very good at oregon i i i think that would be a great hire i don't know i don't know why people are so vehemently opposed to it unless they just haven't watched chip this season ucla is good ucla is, is good they're not great but they have a lot of offensive talent, and I think he would be even better at Oregon than he is at a, a school that really doesn't invest in football all that well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm curious to see what his staff would look like, too, if he'd bring Justin Fry with him or how yeah. many of these Oregon guys he'd keep around. 
because I, I wonder how much the program still resembles this old infrastructure. I'd, I'd say it's probably minimal at this point. Yeah, but I, I'm very curious to see it. Yeah, I, I think it'd be I think it'd be good if not him. Um, I'm not really sure who you get if you're Oregon. Maybe Justin Wilcox, but also that feels sort of like a cop out. I don't know why you do that. He's not exactly killing it at Cal right now. Um, I do think the question of what UCLA would do in that circumstance is interesting because it seems like they'd be kind of right. fucked. Um, there are some coordinator names floating around and one who I do want to talk about here briefly, Joe Brady, who has been fired from the Panthers, I think is going to get named for a lot of these jobs in the coming weeks, like the ones that are left over. He doesn't like to recruit as we've talked about before, but I don't think he's going to get another NFL job right now. So kind mm-hmm. of seems like he might end up in Suck one of these spots. <laughs> and I, I think that UCLA or Oregon would make sense for him. I think that he is exactly the kind of coach who could succeed out there. And maybe he would like recruiting on the West coast better than he does in the South. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see, right? Like it's, the Pac-12 is just wide open right now in terms of these dominoes falling. Like, you know, you might have uh, Oregon taking UCLA's coach who takes <laughs> someone else's coach and then Cal has to get a coach. And uh, a lot of stuff can change right now. Uh, just a lot of openings. And, and uh, this is a carousel that keeps spinning, right? Like yep. I expected to slow down, but it seems to keep accelerating. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, I don't know. Just wait till Ryan Day goes to Chicago Bears, dude. Hmm, something to think about. Um, yeah, I, I am also. I, I don't know if we talked about this on the show, but Joe Moorhead taking the Akron job, I support it fully. I think it's very good, but also, uh, it seems like my man kind of fumbled the bag a little bit because I think there were two jobs that might be opening here that he would have been very much in in uh, <laughs> in, uh, in in interest for and in the running for. Um, and so I'm not sure why he did that right away, but also good for Akron to lock up Joe Moorhead. He loves Swenson's, dude. Apparently. Very fun to think about the idea, and this is not realistic, but I just like to think about it. Joe Brady reuniting with Joe Moorhead as the Akron offensive coordinator. Akron building the Let's staff go. dream team for some reason. That's right. God, That's right. We'd love that. Um, maybe Joe Brady can take over for Scott Leffler, and the MAC is suddenly the most fun conference in college football. Um, that's what we love to see. All right, anything else here before we get out of here? No, uh, I'm sure there'll be 13 new news items before we uh, <laughs> before we end up releasing this podcast with the revisit again tomorrow. But yeah, we'll see. The carousel keeps spinning. I'm excited to hear what happens next. Yeah. Um, should be fun times. Oh, let me let me uh, real quick while we're here. I'm gonna roll through some of these bowl games and, and get get live reactions because a lot of these are dropping. Um, Sugar Bowl, Baylor, Ole Miss, Rose Bowl, Ohio State, Utah, Fiesta Bowl, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, Peach Bowl, Michigan State, Pitt. I believe that's all of the New Year Six ones, unless I'm forgetting one. Um, those all seem fine to me. I think Baylor, Ole Miss is gonna be really fun. I'm interested in Ohio State, Utah. Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, I'm, I'm not especially interested in. I guess Marcus Freeman's first game is going to be fun, but uh, beyond that, I don't have a ton of interest in that. And then Michigan State, Pitt, like I said, I think Pitt is going to beat the shit out of them. But I, those are fun matchups. I think they're interesting, um, you know, schematically, and, and, and that we're getting new teams in these games. So I don't have any issues with any of that. Will the over-under in Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, be higher or lower than 40? It shouldn't be higher than 40. I wouldn't put it higher than 40. You have zero combined quarterbacks in that game, and that's usually necessary for you know scoring points if you're an offense. And uh, Oklahoma State, I'm sorry, rather Notre Dame uh, lost its best defensive player, uh, which is you know a concern, right? So yeah, yeah, something to think about. All right, other bowls: Texas Bowl, Kansas State, LSU. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why Kansas State has suffered this fate. LSU is for some reason favored here. That doesn't 
make a whole lot of sense. Who's coaching LSU in this game? Is it me? Mm, it's mm, you, dude. It's me. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Brian Kelly has still hired like no coaches, right? Uh-huh. He still has no no assistants yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everybody told him no. Brian Brian Kelly confirmed no hoes. This man's got nothing. <laughs> I hear Joe. I mean, Bra- it'd be pretty funny if Joe Brady came with yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I hear Joe Brady's available. I guess you could bring him home. Um, elsewhere, Citrus Bowl, oh, Iowa, Kentucky. Jesus Christ! Oh God! Why? It's bad. Oh my God! Outback Bowl, Penn State, Arkansas. That's like the that's the uh, that's the light version of the Citrus Bowl. That's the uh, that's the fun version of the Citrus Bowl. Um, I, I think Arkansas is gonna win, but still, I'm more interested in that. Um, Central Michigan, Boise State should be fun in the Arizona Bowl. Uh, Wake Forest, Texas A&M. Why would you do that to Wake Forest? Play them, put them up against a good team. I don't want to see this shit in the uh, in the Gator Bowl. Miami, Washington State. Just picking through, seeing if there's anything here. Purdue, Tennessee might be fun in the Music City Bowl. That's kind of interesting. Oh, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I'm intrigued by that. Um, Pretty much a home game for Tennessee, though. Yeah, yep. Out in Nashville, Duke's Mayo Bowl is. North Carolina, South Carolina. Carolina? Carolina. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. It's kind of the dream setup for them there in Charlotte. Um, Wisconsin, Arizona State in the Las Vegas Bowl. The Battle of Disappointments. Kind of fun. Uh, speaking of that, I think Iowa State plays Clemson. Right? Did you already say that? Yep, yep. Cheese it Bowl. Iowa State, Clemson. Boy, yeah, Iowa State might get it, might get the shit kicked out of it in that game. So that's fun. Uh, we're looking into it more and more. Alamo Bowl, as you mentioned, Oklahoma, Oregon. Um, I don't think either of those teams wants to play in that game. That's, <laughs> that's going to be kind of the dead man walking bowl, I think. Um, I'm betting the under, yeah. <laughs> underrated fun here, NC State, UCLA in the Holiday Bowl. I think that's good. I'm looking Let's forward go. to that. Um, Minnesota, West Virginia, Jesus Christ. I didn't even realize West Virginia was bowl eligible. Texas Tech, Mississippi State in the Liberty Bowl. Kind of fun storylines there for Leach against Texas Tech. I, I think he might try to run it up in that one. Um, Air Force Louisville, I guess. Boston College, East Carolina is kind of fun in the Military Bowl. East Carolina is going to win that game. Uh, Nevada, Western Michigan is fun. The Quick Lane Bowl, that's the one that all the draft guys are going to have to watch. We love that. That's right. That's right. We do, we do Uh, love, we love consolidating the two G5 quarterback prospects into one game. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. I've seen people mocking Malik Willis to the Steelers, and I'm getting very anxious about that. I do mm. not want that to happen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hawaii Bowl is Hawaii versus Memphis. Don't watch that. I'm going to tell you right now, don't watch that. The newly created Frisco Football Classic, which is different from the fo- from the Frisco Bowl, is North Texas Miami, which isn't awful. Uh, and then the actual Frisco Bowl, as we have Miami mentioned. Miami of Ohio. Yes, yes. The actual Frisco Bowl, as we have mentioned, is UTSA San Diego State, which I think is an awesome game. Um, Kent State, Wyoming in the Idaho uh, Potato Bowl is a is a tough scene. We don't love that. We've got we've got Virginia versus SMU in the Fenway Bowl. Ooh, okay, that's not bad. We don't hate that at oh, all. Wait, didn't Bronco Hall retire? Did we talk about that yet? Um, he he kind of retired. He stepped away. I guess. Um, I guess I guess good for him getting out of football. I don't know what happened there. I'm not sure if it is exactly as it seems, but also just good for. Good for him knowing when to call it a day. I think he will be back at some point, but I, I don't think it'll be within the next couple within the next couple of years. Uh yeah. yeah. I th- I think he'd be a good television guy. I think he'd be good at it. He's a he's an interesting speaker. Um New Orleans Bowl, this is fun. Marshall versus Louisiana, I think should be pretty good. 
Uh, I think Louisiana is going to win, and it's it's too bad that they don't get to go anywhere for their bowl game, but I do think that could be a fun one. Oregon State, Utah State in the uh, L.A. Bowl, also good. I like that. That's going to be a good one. Um, BYU, UAB, Liberty, Eastern Michigan, Fresno State, UTEP, Western Kentucky, App State, NIU, Coastal Carolina, and nothing in the Bahamas Bowl to, uh, to round us out here. There are a couple others still to be named. Um, but I, I don't have any major issues with any of that. That all sounds fine to me. I think Western Kentucky app state is going to be really fun. NIU coastal is a good yeah. one as well. Fresno state, UTEP. Oh. Um, I like all that. I think that's all good. BYU, UAB. Somebody's going to get the shit kicked out of them in that game. And I don't know who it is. It's going to be one of the two, but somebody's that's getting right. the shit kicked out of them. Well, well, I'm sure we'll talk about these more next week for a preview. Yeah. Uh, when we have these all confirmed and we get them all lined up and all that. I'm curious to see it. And yep. uh, bowl season starts, what, the 16th of December? I think it's the first one. Sounds right. Uh, it's usually right around then. I've, clo- I've closed the tab, so I'll, yeah. I'll take your word for it. No, it's the 17th. We're good. All right. Yep. Uh, Bahamas Bowl kicks us off, as always. Cool. So we'll check in then. Uh, Pat, great yep. talking to you, as always. You want to do the outro? Uh, yeah, sure. You can follow the show on Twitter at Field Flipping. Ryan is at B1G underscore Ryan. I'm at Patrick underscore Mayhorn. Uh, you, should, you can root for Cincinnati on New Year's Eve against Alabama. You should do that if you aren't already. I'm sure you are, but you really should. It's good to do. Uh, they're the best team in college football, and folks, they're going to win it all. Um, we will be back. I don't know, sometime for the preview. Probably Thursday we'll morning. We'll figure it out. But who's to say? <laughs> we're we're going to be jumping back to once weekly here after this one, I guess. So uh, we, we will be we will be figuring out a schedule for that. Uh, we have also, I have promised that in the off season we will be doing team-specific segments for folks who sent in their Spotify wrapped that had us in it. Uh, we will be doing that once we get into the off season, but that is, that's after the playoff, the, uh, the playoff and the bowls happen. So, um, but once we do that, we will do that. If you, if you did not see that tweet, but you do want to get a, a segment on a team and you were, we were in your wrapped, feel free to send that to at field flipping. Just a DM is fine. Uh, and we will add you to the list. We've got a really fun group of teams right now. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but until then, we will uh, we will just live on this episode, and we'll be back with a preview here sometime in the next couple of days. Um, Ryan, I'll talk to you then. That's right, buddy. Talk to you soon.